I spend my entire day talking to a computer who is always right, and I am always wrong. Hey everybody, this is Sean from iCodeHireMe.com, and this is the first episode of the iCode Hire Me podcast. On today's show, we have my good friend Becky Lehman. Becky, thanks for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. So I know bits and pieces about your Learn to Code story, Um, so I'm really excited to get into the details because we haven't really talked about how you went from corporate job to Learn to Code to software job. So I'm really excited to to hear all of that. Um, But as some background, I guess, you and I have known each other for like five years, I think. Um, yeah, I think that's about right. I think we met at Miami University a few times, um, mainly through business school stuff and mutual friends. Uh, but we reconnected in Chicago, and back then you were working full-time at Allstate. And um, in the middle of all that, you made a career change to like totally industry change, where you quit your job, learned how to code, and then got a software job, uh, which is pretty sweet. And since then, you've been traveling for six months all around the world, and I have no idea where you've been or where you're at now. So um, I think a good place to start would be Allstate and kind of give us some background and what you were doing there and, and what led to the decision to learn to code. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's see. Let's travel back in time to 2014 uh, <laughs> when we graduated which now feels like a really, really long time ago. Yep. Um, makes me sad. But uh, <laughs> so uh, that's uh, back in 2014. That's when I started working for Allstate. Um, as you mentioned, uh, at Miami, I'd been studying business, specifically marketing, uh, and got accepted into this sort of like leadership development program at Allstate that was purely in a business capacity. Um, and to be honest, uh, when I was working there and prior to working there, computer science and really just software in general was not at all on my radar for mm-hmm. what could be a potential career, what could even be like a potential interest to me. Um, I was not sort of the stereotypical uh, playing lots of computer games as a child, <laughs> learning how to program Um I, you know, again, computer science is just not on my radar. Um, so I worked at Allstate for about a year and a half. Uh, and um, it, you know, I, I made a lot of really amazing connections through there. You and I both know uh, Melissa and have a couple other mutual friends through, uh, through Allstate. But I found with the work that I was doing that it really wasn't, on a day-to-day basis, like super fulfilling. It wasn't um, really keeping me engaged. Um, it just, it felt like something was lacking. Um, and so after about a year of working at Allstate, I actually moved from Chicago down to Florida. Um, and I was living in Jacksonville, Florida for about four months. Um, and it was really during that period that uh, a lot of exploration started for me with with the career stuff because um, I really felt like uh, that there needed to be something else. Um, And so I started 
outside of my my job uh learning to code and i to be honest i don't even remember how coding came across my radar <laughs> I, I think it was probably something along the lines of like this feels like a smart career move like you know uh not even switching careers at that point but just like i should probably learn how to program a little bit uh you know that's a good skill to have and so there was nothing I, in your job that it would have helped with it was just a thing no <laughs> not at all i was doing a uh, claim strategy at the time so it was completely unrelated uh i think probably maybe part of it part of the genesis was that i had my my older brother had a couple friends who had made a career change into uh software development and they had i think also been in sort of business capacities prior so it just came across my radar and again purely as just like this feels like a good skill to learn um and i was taking co courses i think first in html and css on code academy which i highly recommend for anyone just starting out it's a really really approachable uh low barrier to entry kind of resource for anyone learning Mm -hmm. uh, so I started taking some courses on Code Academy, and I was hooked uh, almost right away, which was shocking to me because <laughs> uh, one, I again mentioned programming and like computers, not on my radar at all as something that could be interesting to me. Second, because I always kind of had assumed that software development was this really dry, boring thing. Uh, I, li I like some elements of creativity with whatever work I do. And I was so surprised that uh, that software development is creative. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of both uh, sort of the stereotypical creativity you think of with um, the visual aspects of it, particularly with front end development, but also just creativity with problem solving. I didn't realize that it was problem solving and kind of like doing puzzles uh, all day. Um, and so I love that and, um, had started really just diving more into that. And I, I kind of reached a point where it was still, uh, clearly something that I was excited about, something I was interested in, but I felt I was lacking two things. One, some direction because I was running into a lot of problems, uh, and, felt like I couldn't really move beyond them. Like I didn't have the guidance or the resources to move beyond them. Um, aside from, you know, like I mentioned code Academy or different like docs that I would find online. I, I just felt like I didn't, I needed somebody to, to sit with me with some of the stuff. So that was part of it. And then second, um, really just like lacking a sense of community with it. I, I felt like I was doing it all on my own. Um, and as, as you well know, I'm a pretty social person. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I really wanted to get to know some of the people. So I, I started going to meetups. There was this code and coffee that I went to in Jacksonville at the time. Um, and I remember I was so nervous for the first, for the first one. Um, because one, I knew almost nothing about coding. And two, I think going into any sort of new community is super intimidating, but especially one that's so te technical. I, I had no idea what it would be like. Um, you know, I, I didn't know that if it would be pretentious or that 
you know, I'd feel like an idiot there because I didn't know anything. I re- I really didn't know. Um, but immediately everybody was so welcoming, so encouraging, even with my lack of experience and knowledge and, uh, Really, you know, a couple of them would sit with me. I was doing Ruby tutorials and things like that. And um, they'd sit with me and uh, answer my questions, give me other resources to look at. Uh, and that was amazing. And so uh, it was around that time, it, it maybe been in Jacksonville for three months or so, that I felt pretty, pretty confident that this was something that I wanted to do more um, and it seemed like there were a couple different avenues that I could take. Uh, there's the full-fledged boot camp route where I quit my job and I really throw my entire self into it. There's the continuing to learn on my own, perhaps working on a little bit of a longer timeline and doing it alongside my work. Um, but obviously, it's a probably cheaper way of doing it. Um, and slightly less drastic. <laughs> uh, and so uh, that, those were really the main two options that I was looking at. And I ultimately decided that I wanted to go with the jump in the pool option, uh, rather than <laughs> cannonball into the pool rather than, uh, you know, slightly wade my way in. And For so sure. I, <laughs> I uh, quit my job at Allstate and moved back to Chicago um or actually sorry let me rewind there a little bit um i applied to a dev boot camp which sadly no longer exists but at the time was uh i believe it might have been the first boot camp of its kind um but it was uh, a 19 week program and the first nine weeks of the program are fully remote and they're also part-time so about 20 to 25 hours a week, uh, I was doing work for that curriculum. And, and I was able while you're at Allstate still? Yes. Okay. So, uh, so 40, nine hour, 40 hour a week job plus 25 hours of <laughs> <laughs> prep work. That's correct. I didn't have much of a social life uh, <laughs> during that time. Uh, so, right. So and was the goal the was the goal here to get a job or were you just seeing like what was your mindset was were you just trying to see if coding was still right for you or were you like set at this point on I want to get a job I think I was when by the time the remote portion started I was probably 95% at this is definitely something I want to do I'm ready to fully commit to this and really find a job as a programmer. And then there was that lingering 5% that was kind of like, I'm really happy there's this nine week remote portion so I can <laughs> see if this is something that I actually want to do. Um, so there's certainly some, some doubt still, which it worked out nicely for me that there was that remote portion to start it off. Um, because, uh, I I would imagine for somebody who really doesn't enjoy coding and for whom software development isn't a good fit, after a few weeks of doing it, it probably wouldn't feel good. <laughs> so 
Uh, I, I think if, if it weren't a good, good fit for me, I, I probably would have found it out during those nine weeks, um, which was reassuring at the time. Nice. Yeah. So what did you, um, what did you learn during those nine weeks? Was it, was it Ruby still, or was it a full stack? Um, yeah. Full stack course. So dev bootcamp specifically, I would say maybe 75 to 80% of their focus was on Ruby uh, throughout the whole program. But I would say that was also true for the nine week remote portion. It was mainly Ruby, certainly some introductory HTML, CSS, as well as um, I think the first couple of weeks we had some introductory uh, portions with like Git and GitHub, you know, learning about what version control is. Um, just using the command line, which, by the way, felt like the most foreign thing to me. <laughs> oh, I, I remember you doing that. <laughs> I avoided it at all costs when I was like, j just starting out. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just, you know, you see hackers in movies and stuff. And uh, I, I didn't know that it was something that people actually use. So when I saw it for the first time, <laughs> I just remember switching the I was switching between directories, feeling like I had accomplished this amazing thing. And like making a directory and like making a file for the first time, it was mind blowing to me, which uh, it's always the little things. But yeah, that was super unfamiliar. But there was a lot of that stuff that you don't even really think about now. Like you don't even remember that you didn't know it. But um, they covered a lot of that in the first nine weeks too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And were you, was your plan to do this nine weeks and then decide to come back to Chicago or have you already decided you're going back to Chicago no matter what? Um, I was pretty certain at the time that I at least wanted to come back to Chicago. I wasn't particularly happy being in Florida. It wasn't a good fit for me anyway. So I felt confident that I was going to go back there. And again, there was that 5% doubt of, well, just in case I hate this after four weeks, I'll, I'll open myself up to finding something else, some other way to get back to Chicago. But um, I, I felt pretty certain that I was going to find a way back there somehow and something new, whether that was coding or, you know, something else. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. But luckily, I, I really enjoyed the nine weeks. So <laughs> good. It, it felt good. Um, and then, so yeah, I, I had the nine weeks down there and then I, it was at some point during those nine weeks that I quit my job, moved back to Chicago. And that's when it really started to feel real. Um, Do you remember and, that transition period? Like how did you convince yourself that you could just quit? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of craziness. No, um, <laughs> I I think what helped me a lot, because it's obviously there's some level of risk with it. And I'm the type of person where I, I like some level of risk, but it needs to feel like a calculated decision um, and an, an educated or informed one. And so I think what helped me a lot with really making that leap was I had, again, talked to a couple of people who had uh, done these similar boot camps. So it wasn't this sort of fantastic idea that 
you know, somewhere in the world, there are people doing these boot camps and theoretically they're finding jobs. It was very real that I knew people who were doing this and they found jobs a few weeks out and they were happy and they were doing better. Um, so I think hearing those stories, really getting more personal accounts of those experiences helped me feel really confident. The, the, the worry part of my brain that that felt sort of trepidatious about this risk. It's like, okay, this is, this is fine. <laughs> you know, uh, other people do this too. So it's a little bit less crazy. Um, and I don't know. I, I think I just, in my mind, worst case scenario was this doesn't work out. I learned some skills that helped me in some way down the road. Um, there's no, there's no downside to learning some programming what in whatever capacity or to whatever extent that is. Um, so I think part of me felt reassured that it, it would bring me value no matter what. And then if this didn't work out, I would just find something else. So did you have uh, to pay for dev boot camp or how does that work? Was there tuition? Yes. So uh, dev boot camp, um, I can't even remember how much it, it is now. I want to say, it's in the range of 14,000, something like that. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a pretty penny. Um, it's uh, expensive for sure, like a big financial commitment, but um, something that I felt I could sort of recoup the cost of within a couple of years, assuming that all went according to plan with uh, getting a job and, you know, the added value that the skills would give me. But yeah, there there's was tuition based. And I think I don't know if other boot camps are similar, but at least Dev Boot Camp also offered scholarships to underrepresented groups, which was great for me, uh being a woman and code, there's mm -hmm. there are not many female programmers. So I know that uh there's certainly an effort with that organization but others as well to get them more involved in the community. So that was that was a, a slight financial relief for me too. That's good. It's it's nice that those yeah. programs exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so then uh, after the nine weeks remote was nine weeks on site. Uh, plus at the end of that, they had a week long career week that was intended to help you, you know, prepare your LinkedIn, uh, prepare for technical interviews, uh, get just more uh, familiar with that process. But uh, the nine weeks on site was really sort of like the heart and core of the boot camp. That was 60 to 80 hours per week. Wow. And I was with a cohort of around, I want to say it was around 20 people. Um, and yeah, that was more than a full-time job. Uh, everybody you know, quit jobs, moved, moved homes, you know, moved away from families for nine weeks. So all hands on deck kind of mentality there, uh, which was really, really intense, but really special. Do you still yeah. stay in touch with any of your cohort, um, cohort members? So that was, yeah, I do. I, I worked with one of my cohort members for a brief time and he and I no longer work together, but 
it's a it's a special bond you share with them um and uh especially because so you're 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 staying in this building with these people uh for you know until late at night on the weekends uh dev boot camp was focused on pair programming so okay um i'm not sure how familiar uh others would be with what pair programming is but it's exactly what it sounds like um you're programming with one other person instead of programming by yourself so uh Camp specifically was very it was highly focused on collaboration and you're really spending a lot of time with these people and in sort of a pressurized environment, they they always described it as, you know, you'll be drinking out of a, a fire hose for the nine weeks that you're here, right? So you're not, you don't even really have the mental capacity to absorb everything that you learn while you're there, but uh, you hopefully get some percentage of it and then can, you know, in your outside time or after the program, go back and really continue to learn what what you were taught there. But it's it's a lot of information, um, and you really get to know people well in that environment. So, <laughs> <laughs> so were most of the people like you, where you had kind of been going through these tutorials, uh, were some, kind of familiar with CSS, HTML. Uh, was that kind of where most people were at at the beginning? Yeah. So. The way that the program worked was you had to have some level of knowledge and experience with it. Mind you, that's a very low level. They weren't expecting you to have any sort of professional or academic experience with computer science and with software development, but they had an assessment before um, as part of the interviewing process to see, you know, do you have basic uh, a basic understanding of Ruby. Um, and I forget if HTML and CSS was included in that as well, but there is this base level of knowledge that they expected everybody to have and that they provided some resources for. Um, I would say beyond that base level, there are some people who worked in tech fields prior. Um, so maybe they didn't have computer science degrees but they worked in sort of an information systems capacity or something yeah, like that. Like systems um, engineer or something. Right. Yeah. And so some there were some people there who maybe had a leg up experience wise with that, but by all means we were most of us were beginners um, without any sort of real prior experience. So mm -hmm. what was what would you say the most challenging part during that nine weeks was? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> besides, besides all of it. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I feel like the, the boot camp uh, was kind of a microcosm for how software development is in that, and I'm sure, I, I don't know if you feel this way too, uh, but you always have this humbling and sometimes intimidating sense of there is so much to learn and you cannot possibly learn all of it. Yep. Um, and again, that was sort of intensified in the boot camp, right? Because we were there for such long hours. 
Um, and so it was almost expected that we would have a certain number of activities to complete in a day. And then in addition to that, they would have bonus activities. And it was expected that you wouldn't even get through all of the normal activities, let alone mm -hmm. the bonus activities and the other resources. And so there was kind of always this per perpetual sense of, oh my gosh, I'm behind or I'm not doing enough or there's X, Y, and Z that I didn't check off my list. And, you know, do, do I understand this concept well enough? Do I need to practice my algorithms? Like what the heck is recursion? Uh, which I still, you know, grapple with that. Uh, but I think uh, and it was really challenging at the time. And it's, I'm kind of glad that there was that sense and that there was a little bit of that struggle because as I said, I think you continue to experience that for it never goes away. It doesn't Everything. end. No, there's all, no. You're always not doing the right platform. There's always another <laughs> language. There's yes. <laughs> it, a new framework comes out. And, yep. Yeah. Ruby's so, dead. Do no JS. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. RIP everything I just learned. Um, so how did so, you get over the the imposter syndrome then? Did you did you experience that at all when you got out of the boot camp? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I don't know. I I think many people, and I certainly can will continue to carry that with me always the sense of um, you mentioned the imposter syndrome, maybe not, maybe perhaps not as extreme as like, I'm a fraud, but just that <laughs> feeling of, you know, I, I don't know enough or, um, you know, my, my experience level says I should know this much, but do I really live up to that? Um, and so I don't know. I, I think the best way, I have always found um, and whether it's because I'm in the process of interviewing for other companies and, you know, trying to find those other jobs or just in more informal interactions, you know, if I'm at a meetup and talking to people and feeling like um, that need to, to know what I'm talking about and show that, you know, um, show my knowledge about software development. Um, I think for me, the best way to sort of escape that has always been just to continue learning um, and sort of allow myself to be humbled by it. I think if you let it get to the point where it feels overwhelming um, and where it sort of inhibits your ability to be productive as a developer, right? Like you don't want, you don't want it to cut, get to the point where it feels like this overwhelming insecurity or anything like that. I think if it becomes less of who, like, am I not good enough and more a focus on, okay, what else can I learn? Um, I, I think that's a much more productive angle, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because that that's what propels you to really keep bettering yourself as opposed to just beating yourself up, which is not productive at all. And then even outside of that, just, kind of approaching the the software world as as a learner and like being open to, to learning and being open to being wrong like all the time at work I'll just 
if I don't know something, I'll straight up just say that I don't know it. And <laughs> the nice thing about programming is that it tells you when you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I tell people who don't do software development, I, I'm like, I spend my entire day talking to a computer who is always right. And I am always wrong. Always. And be <laughs> like, computer is right and perfect. I I am imperfect and flawed. Um, <laughs> which, which is nice because it takes the, it, it, it becomes less personal in that way, but it's also very humbling. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but uh, yeah. Nice. So let's go, we kind of skipped over the, the graduation of the boot camp. Um, so you went through this intense nine week thing. What next? What happened? Oh, uh, beginning of February in 2016 was when I graduated. So for the next two months, it was, uh, you know, looking for a job became my full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, uh, I'm not particularly shy when it comes to <laughs> reaching out to people <laughs> and making connections. Frankly, I just think it's fun. Um, so the next two months was a lot of me reaching out to either complete strangers on LinkedIn or uh, people, we had this random you know, third connection, you know, like very, very distant connection Um, and meeting up with them for coffee, a lot of going to different meetups in Chicago. Uh, There's, I think that's a great resource, whether you're looking for a job or just getting to know the community, meetups are a great way to get some, get to know some people in the community. a lot of job applications. So my personal experience is that sending your resume out to tens or hundreds of companies without any sort of connection, personal connection there, uh, tends to not be the most fruitful approach. So uh, I was, I tended to be a little bit more selective so quality over quantity sort of um, mm-hmm. with the places that I was applying and really prioritize taking advantage of my network in any way that I could, whether that was prior death boot camp grads and, or again, just people that I connected with on LinkedIn. Um, I actually ended up getting the lead for my, my job from a death boot camp graduate who had graduated maybe three weeks three weeks prior to when I did um so yeah a a lot of a lot of that a lot of networking um a lot of interview prep for two months until I uh got the lead at my current company as well as a couple other leads that I'd gotten through other death boot camp grads got it and that was next year, right? That's correct. Correctly. Cool. Do you remember how yeah. many places you applied to? Because you said it was yeah. more qu- quantity or quality versus quantity. Um, I'm trying to think. I met with, I was meeting with at least maybe three companies per week. And I was looking for maybe like two to three months. Um, so let me think. I don't know. I, 
at least like over 30 companies that I, I met with. And then I'm trying to think of like how many I would have applied to online, probably a similar number. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was a lot again, like it was like a full-time job. I ultimately came down to getting towards the final rounds with three different companies of which next year was one. Um, and ultimately made a decision between uh, a couple of those. So, yeah. Did you celebrate? <laughs> uh, yeah. I uh, <laughs> when it was all said and done, I took a trip out to San Francisco and Denver, which are both really awesome places. Uh, I I hadn't been to San Francisco before, which obviously is like the tech capital of the U.S. Um, and so, yeah, I had a trip out there, saw some friends and then, uh, I have family here in Denver. So I was able to see them too and, you know, kick back and relax a little bit. Uh, probably so, felt really good. Oh my God. I remember accepting, I, so with next year, I actually had a four week, it was kind of similar to like a contract to hire sort of ordeal. Um, it was a four week long internship, whatever you want to call it, trial period, followed by full time employment. And then um, I still remember, I was actually in San Francisco, looking out at the Golden Gate Bridge, when I got a call from the CTO of next year, um, basically asking if I was on board for the for that internship and a potential for full-time opportunity. I still remember saying yes and feeling like the weight of oh. the world and the universe was off my shoulders. And it was really beautiful where, where I was. So it was a, certainly a, a moment to remember. Good moment. A lot of hard yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Uh, so um, before this, I asked a few people... Uh, in our community if they had any questions and I think we covered some of them but um, the one that we're talking about now is Eric wanted to know how did you know you were ready to start applying for jobs and how long did it take for you to get there um ready to start applying for jobs um I think my my bank account knew I was ready first of all uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, there's that not much hesitation from that point of view. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I hit the ground running and I, I say that jokingly, there are some people who took some time off and wanted to uh, sort of reflect on the experience because it's really intense. So it's certainly not for everybody to just immediately dive into the job search. For me, it truly, it was partially a financial decision and partially just, um, I was really ready to put my skills to use. Honestly, um, I I I was ready for it, the the professional opportunities that it would give me, largely because um, it happens in the boot camp sort of takes place in a vacuum in the sense that you know you're building these applications from the ground up, and that's uh, it, invaluable i i can't express like how important that is but it's a very very different thing to um 
jump into a code base that already exists, that's much, much bigger than what you've worked with before, where there's a lot of legacy code and maybe people telling you, oh, well, this code is bad and this code is good and this doesn't really work anymore. Maybe we need to rewrite this part. Um, it's just a very different experience. And so I knew I was ready to sort of step up to that next level of, okay, I've, I've built these, these apps on my own as these independent entities, right? And now I'm ready to get the professional experience and really um, see what this looks like in real life. Because um, I, I didn't feel like I had a sense of, of what that would be like. Um, so that's, that's how I, I knew I needed to start. Um, and then the process itself took about two to three months. And that was with, for me, really an intense focus on finding a job. It truly was, I was spending at least 40 hours a week on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so. And then the last question here from a community from at Gerardo 11 I didn't get a first name on there. <laughs> Is any learning tips or tricks for newbies? Oh, always. Um, <laughs> so many. Do oh, <laughs> everything. Um, I think depending on how far along you are in the process, there's different resources I'd recommend. So if you're if you're really just starting out, you want to sort of dip your toes in the water. Uh, Code Academy is great. Um, I think that's a a really, again, approachable way to get that introduction to software development. And they, they have a few different options. HTML and CSS is maybe a good place to start just to understand how what the web page looks like behind what you're seeing. Uh, they have options as well. I mentioned for Ruby, there's definitely JavaScript on there. And I think they have like Python and pretty much any language you want to learn, but um, I think that's a good place to start if you're really just starting out. Um, if you've been looking at it for a while and um, already done some learning on your own, I think there are a few sites. Uh, I use Pluralsight. It has a bunch of um, longer, more in-depth courses and video tutorials on um really anything software development. So if it's just sort of a general front end development course that you want to look at, they, they'll have that. Or if there's specific frameworks you want to, you, you've heard about, but you don't know much about that you want to learn and you want a little bit more guidance. Um, I think it, it, they have courses for that as well. A lot of backend stuff, but uh, once you feel like you've gotten some of that base knowledge, just try building something really simple on your own. I think that's the best way to really start to familiarize yourself with some of those new technologies. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. There's always, you know, to-do list apps and, and stuff like that for, for really any technology that you're trying to learn. And I think, again, that's hugely helpful. And especially if you keep those, those docs and those resources as a point of reference, if you run into, run into issues, but, um, often in, it's running into issues where you, where you tend to learn the most. Um, and so I would recommend that as well. And then I would also say, uh, get to know the, the community if you can. Um, 
there's meetup is a great site for that whether it's you know i've gone to some meetups that are more related to what i do i i have primarily experienced in front-end development so i've gone to a lot of front-end specific meetups but also um sometimes gone to meetups for things that i've never even heard of before um and either of those is fine and a really great way to just get to know people in the community i think that's tremendously important and just fun frankly yep couldn't agree more i mean that's it's a game changer when you have someone to talk to. <laughs> yes, yes. Not you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. Becky, this has been awesome. Um, I think. I mean, as you said, stories. Just knowing that people can go to boot camps and get a job after is pretty, pretty awesome and pretty inspiring for <laughs> when you're learning how to code. <laughs> yeah, for if, sure. If anyone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to do it? Um. Hmm. Probably email would be the best. Um, that or you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, so my email is uh, Becky, B-E-C-K-Y, Lehman, L-E-H-M-A-N-N-91 at gmail.com. And then on LinkedIn, just search Becky Lehman. Um, I'm happy to talk about this journey of getting into software development. Um, I'm also happy to talk about what it's like. I'm a fully remote software developer now, and I, I travel the world. So if that's also something interesting to you, uh, I'm completely happy to talk about that as well and what that journey has been like. Awesome. Yeah, we, we didn't get into that, so maybe I'll have you on again to, to talk about that. <laughs> Part two, the sequel. It sounds, I mean, just following your Instagram, you're living the dream. <laughs> It's a good life. It's a good life. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me.